You are listening to a message from Parkway Church in Corona. We thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, we would love for you to join us on a Sunday morning here at 10 a.m. If you'd like more information, click on our visit tab on our website. actually celebrating the Passover feast with his disciples, something that they had celebrated for hundreds of years as Jews, and Jesus made it personal and literally changed uh, this ancient celebration and made it about what was just illustrated in that song. So I just want to read a couple of things this morning, draw some applications. Uh, Exodus chapter 12 is the story of the Passover. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, this month is for you to be the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they are to share one with one of their nearest neighbors, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night, they're to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or cooked in water, but roasted over the fire, head, legs, and all the inner parts. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you're to eat it with your cloak tucked in your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. So, Uh, On the surface, this seems pretty harsh. God is going to go through the entire land of Egypt and kill every firstborn male, whether it is of their flocks and herds or whether it's of their household. And it seems harsh, but let me just give you a really quick background here. Uh, For 400 years, the Egyptians had enslaved God's people. And, and, And human slavery is a terrible thing. But the Bible tells us that the conditions that the Egyptians had the Hebrews in, they, they brutally treated them, forced them into labor, and misused them. On top of that, Pharaoh had ordered the genocide of all of the uh, Hebrew male babies that were born. The minute that a, a, a baby was born and it was uh, designated as a male baby, uh, the Egyptian soldiers would come and they would throw that baby in the Nile River, which was teeming with piranha and crocodiles. And so he'd ordered the genocide of these, of these babies. And so God, through Moses, had continually appealed to Pharaoh to let his people go, and Pharaoh refused, and they treated the Jews even harsher. So he sent nine plagues. Nine times he appealed to Pharaoh and the Egyptian people, and nine times they refused, and they did not let God's people go. And so the Lord instructs the people that this final plague is going to come. 
And the Lord is basically saying, an eye for an eye. You have been killing our, first, our, our children. I'm going to take your firstborn son. And the Lord tells his people to take this Passover lamb and kill it and put the blood on the doorpost. And when he and the angel of death, which we will read about in a minute, passes through the land, he will literally accept the life of the lamb in place of the life of the firstborn. And I'm sure you can already see what God is illustrating. It was something that God had them do in the moment, but God was illustrating something that Jesus, the firstborn son of heaven, and who is also the lamb, the substitute lamb, it was, it was uh, we'll get there later. But the first thing I want to point out is this, is that the angel of death, that when the Lord came through the camp, he discriminated. Uh, verse 13 tells us, when I see the blood, it will be a sign for you on your houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. When I see the blood, the, the angel uh, discriminated. And the discrimination wasn't based on nationality because even the Hebrews needed to obey God's instructions. The only thing the angel looked for was the blood on the doorpost. Let's jump ahead to verses 21 to 23 of this passage in Exodus. Uh, Moses summoned the people and said to them, Go out once and select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take the hyssop plant, dip it in the blood in the basin, and put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of the doorframe. Not one of you is to go out of your houses until morning. And when the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the doorframe and will pass over the doorway, and he will not permit the destroyer to enter your house and strike you down. Now, did you notice the placement of the blood? Theologians say that it was at the top and the sides depicting the cross. Again, looking forward to Jesus, the Lamb of God that Matt just so beautifully sang about. And the only qualifier that would keep the destroyer from entering the home was the blood. Being a Jew didn't qualify. Personal piety and righteousness didn't qualify being male female young or old didn't protect the only thing that saved was the blood of the lamb a lamb had to die according to God's instructions and the blood had to be put on the door frame in order for everyone behind that blood to be saved if they stepped outside of their homes Moses said don't go outside of your homes but stay behind the blood in order to be safe two quick things this morning number one God's provision and protection came by being behind the blood. As the Passover was an actual literal event that prophetically spoke of the greater fulfillment in Jesus Christ. And when Jesus sat at that Passover meal with his disciples, uh, this ancient celebration, he personalized and he said, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. So, so it's not uh, at all a leap to say that this actual event prophesied of a future fulfillment in Jesus because Jesus applied it. And so, friends, what saves us, keeps us, protects, and provides for us is being under the blood of the Passover lamb, Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus is the guarantee that we are safe, saved, and that the destroyer will not be permitted to steal us away. On the night he was betrayed, when Jesus was celebrating this, he took that ancient celebration Passover, and Jesus said, this cup that we celebrate the blood that at one time emancipated the people of Israel. He says, this blood is now a new covenant, a new agreement of my shed blood, and I will guarantee it. And so it's, it's a symbolic of the covenant that's in his blood. So no longer do we need to celebrate the emancipation of a national people from a physical land thousands of years ago. 
But you and I will celebrate this morning, this table, and we will celebrate that Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the firstborn, has set people and emancipated people from the laws of sin and death and destruction and hopelessness and despair and depression. And the blood that will guarantee will be my blood, Jesus said, and you won't celebrate the Passover, but you will celebrate me, the Passover Lamb, crucified for the sins of the world. That's what this day is all about, friends. That's what this day is all about. People can claim that, that Christians are, are elitist and arrogant and narrow-minded. Well, God forbid that we should be arrogant and elitist. But friends, we have to be narrow-minded. Because Jesus and the scriptures are narrow-minded. Because God still discriminates. The only thing he looks for is the blood. He doesn't look for church membership. He doesn't care if you're Catholic, Pentecostal, or Baptist, or something in between. He looks for the blood. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption. Through what? Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Romans 3.25 God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in what? In his blood. And on the Passover night, those Hebrews had to put their confidence in the blood. Can you imagine? They had already watched God. Every time God, through Moses, said to Pharaoh, this is what's coming. Get ready. The, the Jewish people saw it come. Every single plague, God showed his power to bring it to pass. And this time, God said, the firstborn in the entire land of Egypt is going to die. So when the Hebrews put that blood on the doorpost, they were putting their entire confidence because they had watched God do it nine times. And this time they said, we have got to put the blood. And they put their confidence and their faith in the blood that God told them to do. And likewise, we're commanded in Ephesians and Romans to put our faith in the blood in order to be saved. Good Friday exists because Jesus' blood was spilled out. Good Friday exists because of the necessity of a sacrifice of the firstborn made in our place on our behalf. And when we gather today to praise and give thanks to the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, and today is simply practice for an amazing future because I want to draw your attention to something. Uh, we're going to jump ahead to a day that we have all yet to experience because it's a day in heaven once Jesus has returned back to earth and, and made this world what it was always intended to be. The Bible says that a day that's coming very soon in the future, Revelation 5.9, here's what they're singing in heaven. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain, listen to this, and with your blood. You purchase people for God from every tribe, every language, and people, and nation. Yes, the gospel is a bloody message because Jesus Christ spilled his blood, but we can't not ignore that because it doesn't sound nice because one day in eternity we will still be singing about the blood. The heavenly song doesn't say that people were purchased for God because of their sincerity or their righteousness, or their religious fervor, their service, or their zeal. It doesn't say that because Grandma baked good pies and knit ugly sweaters at Christmas, and she was so nice that that's how Jesus purchased people. Sorry, it doesn't say that. It says, by your blood. By your blood. There is power, friends, in the blood of Jesus. We'll never stop singing about the blood of Jesus because the blood of Jesus saves, the blood of Jesus heals, the blood of Jesus protects, the blood of Jesus delivers, the blood of Jesus cleanses, the blood of Jesus provides forgiveness for everyone who receives it. The blood of Jesus still sets captives free. It has never lost its power, and it may be foolishness to the world, but to those of us who are being saved, it's the power 
of God. Hallelujah. I am actually preaching very good for a good Friday. I usually have two more days to prepare, and I just got back from holidays. Maybe that's why. I want to show you one more thing. The blood saved them that night. But they were saved, but they were not yet delivered. And so I just want to speak a word of encouragement. And to people without Christ, I just want to, I just want to speak truth to you for a moment, okay, if you would let me. Thank you that you're here, by the way, if you're visiting. We're glad that you're here. We love you. Jesus Christ loves you. We are narrow-minded, but we're not arrogant. We humbly are thankful that you're here. See, the people of Israel were saved and protected from the angel of death, from God's judgment, but they were still not free. They were still not living in the place of promise. But let me read something and then encourage you, and then we'll close and move to communion. Exodus chapter 12, verse 13 and 16, the blood will be assigned to you on the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you're to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, lasting ordinance. For seven days, you're to eat bread made without yeast, because yeast, by the way, in Scripture represents sin. So how many of you know that, that Jesus was sinless, that the Lamb of God had to be sinless? And so the, God instructed them, get rid of the yeast from the house, and the bread that you eat can't be without yeast, because Jesus' body that was broken was without sin. Everything that happens to us happens because we live in a fallen world, even sickness. Jesus was without sin, therefore he was without sickness, therefore he could die and be wounded for our sicknesses because he had no sin. Does that make sense? That's all free this morning. Okay, set your clocks again. We'll get on. For seven days you are to eat bread made without yeast. On the first day remove the yeast from your houses. For whoever eats anything with yeast in it from the first day through the seventh must be cut off from Israel. On the first day hold a sacred assembly. And another one on the seventh. Do no work at all on these days except to prepare food for everyone to eat. That is all you may do. So let me just say this. God gave very specific instructions on how to celebrate the Passover feast. He was very, very clear. He was very exacting. Get rid of yeast. God gave them specific and detailed instructions on how to prepare and have their home prepared. And they were commanded to follow these instructions to a to a, a, a Jew who takes seriously the Old Testament word of God, these aren't, these aren't uh, uh, what's the word? These aren't suggestions. They're instructions. And we as Christian believers can learn from the Jews that way. This is not a book of suggestions. It's a book of instructions. I just threw that out. That's all for you too. So let me ask you a question. What do you think would have happened if the Hebrew people had to clean their house, got rid of all the yeast, followed everything down to the final, most minute detail, but failed to put the blood on the doorpost. They would have died. They would not have been protected. And I must reiterate, the only thing that saved was the blood. So let me bring it forward. We can try to clean ourselves up, try a little harder, be more determined, live a good life, be kind, sincere, religious, go to church, avoid the big sins, sing worship songs, give to the poor, be a nice person, smile at that workmate that drives you crazy. But I want to tell you something. God isn't looking for any of that. God's looking for the blood. It's all he looks for. If we are not covered, saved, redeemed by the sacrifice of the blood that Jesus spilt out in our place, then we are going to die in our sins. Again, it doesn't matter how many sweaters you knit, how many pies you bake, or how nice you are. If you're not covered in the blood, nothing else matters. 
We are lost for all of eternity away from God. And by the way, I just read the book of John on my holidays this week, and Jesus spoke an awful lot about the fact that without him, we're already stand condemned. We're already separated from God. But that's why he came and died and spilled his blood to bring us back in a relationship with God. And so, and so that sounds like bad news, but friends, it's good news. Here's why it's good news. If you fail in every area of your life, if your spiritual house is not in order, if, if your spiritual house is full of yeast, if you're sitting here without Christ this morning and you think, I have all of these things in my life that keep me from God. Listen, none of that matters. The only thing that matters is get under the blood. Jesus made a way for you. You might not even know if you're willing to give up all of the yeast that's in your house yet. Get behind the blood. Put your faith in what Jesus did. How on earth do you make yourself presentable to God? Maybe you feel unworthy. Well, the good news is it doesn't start with your efforts. It doesn't start with you trying to make yourself presentable. It starts with Jesus. It starts with Jesus. It continues in Jesus, and it ends with Jesus. Mitch and I were having a discussion. The, oh, sorry, Pastor Mitch and I were having a discussion the other day. Hey, I didn't call you Mitchy. Pastor Mitch and I were having a discussion the other day. And we were basically saying the Christian faith can be boiled down to this. Say yes to Jesus. Say yes to Jesus. When he speaks to you, say yes and keep saying yes and you're going to be okay. That's what it means to be behind the blood. And salvation is accepted based on the merits of the spotless, sinless Lamb of God who stepped in and was punished on your behalf, who served your sentence and my sentence so the justice of a holy God could be served and the love of a merciful God could be released and the grace of a good God could be lavished on us. So put your trust in the blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. That's the starting place and that's the ending place and that's all that matters today. The Passover night in Egypt, the Israelites had to place that blood of the lamb in faith that God would see it and it would be enough. And Jesus Christ, God's firstborn, Jesus Christ, God's substitution is enough for you and it's enough for me. And that's why if you're only visiting Parkway and you thought, man, these guys are pretty excited. I mean, the Leafs lost last night and they're still excited today. It's because of the fact of this reality that Jesus' blood is enough. And we are so thankful that it's enough and will always be enough. So Israel was saved, but they were not free. The morning after they were passed over, they woke up and they checked. We're all still alive. We're saved. But they were still living in Egypt. Pharaoh had not let them go yet. They were saved, but God was about to lead them into freedom. So let me just close with this. As those who are going to serve us, communion this morning, uh, get prepared at the back to do that. Our journey starts with being saved. Our journey starts with putting our faith in what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And then God starts to deliver us. Then the Holy Spirit partners with us in the process of being free and leading us into the promises of God. Some of you think this morning you're not good enough for God's mercy. It doesn't matter because Jesus was good enough. Jesus was good enough. He was your substitution. Some of you are still struggling with some things. Listen, I'm just going to go on record as saying it's okay. It's okay. 
Stay in the blood. Keep saying yes to Jesus and he will deliver you. You're saved. You, nothing can change that if you stay under the blood. It doesn't matter how messed up things look right now. It doesn't matter if the Pharaoh that's had you in bondage in your life still has you in bondage. Get behind the blood. Say yes to Jesus and he will lead you out. He will deliver you. He will use his word and the power of the Holy Spirit to lead you from glory to glory. And the bondage that you are in today, you will be free of tomorrow. I guarantee it because the blood of Jesus is just that powerful. And it's guaranteed not by my behavior or your behavior. It's guaranteed by Jesus who on the night he was betrayed, he took the cup of, of wine and he said, this is the blood of a new covenant. Thank you, Jesus. It's not, it's not kept by my actions and my responses. Thank you, Jesus, that he has guaranteed it, written in the very red of his shed blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone here that says, I'm so thankful the blood is enough? I am so glad that God still discriminates today, but not based on whether you're male or female or your IQ, about half of you need to be thankful for that, based on the color of your skin or your sex or your bank account. The only thing he looks for, the only thing the Father looks for is the blood of Jesus. And when Jesus' blood is applied to the doorpost of your life, you're safe, you're saved, you're being delivered, you're being set free, and you're being led into the promises of God. And it was all bought and paid for by the one that we call Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What can wash away our sin? Say it with me. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're going to transition into this time, but before we do that, I just want to give opportunity. If you're here today and you have never hidden behind the blood of Jesus, you have never put your faith in the blood of Jesus, I just, I really feel that the Spirit is, is speaking to me about some people that are here this morning. There's someone here this morning, and honestly, you just don't feel worthy. You've said no to Jesus, and you've said no in your life to the things that you know you should have said yes to so many times. And you're thinking, I'm not worthy. Can I just make this statement? You're right. You're not worthy. And I'm not worthy. And Jackie's not worthy. And Jesse's not worthy. All that matters is that Jesus was worthy. And he paid the price in our place for our unworthiness. There's someone else here, and, and you're looking at the yeast, the sin in your life, and you know what the word says, and you're just not sure if you give your life to Jesus and put your faith in him, what all of that means. Can I just, again, go on record as saying, get under the blood. Find your salvation and your safety under the blood of Jesus and then just keep saying yes to him when he leads and guides you. It doesn't matter what another believer says. It doesn't matter what a pastor says. What matters is what Jesus says. And Jesus knows the pace that he has for your life. And he knows the direction he has for your life. Just get under the blood, friend, and then say yes to Jesus when he speaks to you. And so if you're here and you've never made a decision to accept Jesus Christ, I'm just going to say a prayer. 
And if that prayer echoes in your heart, when the service is over, we're going to offer you a book that just talks about how uh, you can continue saying yes to Jesus in your journey. It talks about why prayer is important, why the Bible is important, all of those kind of things. We'd love to give that to you as a free gift, but let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that when our lives were in overdraft, owing a debt that we could no longer pay, you stepped in and you paid the price. And for every person in this place that has put their faith in the blood of Jesus, you have said to your father, Father, they owe a debt they can't pay. Put it on my account. So I thank you that my sin and my unworthiness and my rebellion and all of the things that I have done that have fallen short of God's standards and God's purposes for my life, the sins that have harmed me, the sins that have harmed others, the sins that have cut me off from you. Jesus, I'm so thankful that all of those sins were, were put on your account and you suffered and paid the price for them on the cross. My sins, my wrongdoings, they were put on your body and you suffered for them. But I thank you for the flip side of that, Jesus. Your perfection your sinlessness, your right standing with God the Father has now been placed on me. Thank you for that divine exchange, Jesus. And Lord, if there's anyone in this room that has not exchanged all of their wrongdoing and all of their sin, I pray today they would just simply say, Jesus, forgive me, I put my faith. Thank you so much for listening to our message. We hope that it blessed and encouraged you. If you would like to know more about Parkway Church, you can visit our visit tab at parkway-church.com. And if you like what you hear, we would love to come have you join us on a Sunday morning here in Corona at 10 a.m.